So for you guys, obviously finding out about the Daniels is one thing, but then finding out about this project is another. What was your reaction to Swiss Army Man? Obviously, you guys have worked together in the past on some music video projects, but what are your reactions to their projects and their concepts when you do hear about them? Oh, I mean, big fans of them. Um, we loved the work that we had done together on our music video, and <clears throat> they were going to do another music video for us that they had written an awesome treatment for our last album. And then they got the call that they were going to the Sundance Labs, and we sort of thought to each other, ah, shit, you know, we're never going to be able to make another music video with those guys. Um, and then, you know, we went on tour for that record and being our full-time job as a musician and, um, and a band that is, you know, makes albums and tours, we just sort of went on our way. And at the beginning of 2015, they called and, and asked if we were interested. Um, and then they sent over the script. So we were like, of course we are. Sent over the script. And the script was different than it is now, um, but it was still completely insane um and i just figured they're the only people i know that could possibly pull it off yeah they uh they can sell an idea that's incomplete just on their passion and we had worked with them and we've seen what they can do so it's like whatever you guys end up doing with yeah this gonna it's gonna be amazing they're gonna, they're gonna make it happen yeah well, what can you say in terms about your guys' collaboration that's been going on since you guys were in your teens and, and looking at the Daniels? What do you guys appreciate about this kind of the partnership of approach of not only on the composing side, but directing? What does that provide when it comes to just the work process and how you guys went through creating the music? Similar. A lot of times, I mean, we, we worked really closely with them at the Daniels and especially towards the end of the movie when everything was coming together to try and make the date for Sundance. It was like we were driving in to work every day with them and driving back after 12 hour days. And, um, and we really felt, feel a deep connection to the, to the movie. Um, and the partnership side of it is just great. The logical side of checks and balances, somebody going like, well, what do you think about yeah. this? You know? And similar with them, each of those guys has a specific, thing and the other guy lets him do that and that's very similar for us where Robert's really on a technical side as well that I don't you know I couldn't figure out the ways to make all of the stuff sound affected the way it is but I do know melody and I knew what I wanted to hear and so it's sort of a, like how do we slowly chip away and, yeah. and make this thing yeah, I mean one of the things that I think you guys have said in the past is that a better way was kind of the roadmap for the movie but but they came back to you and said, we don't we don't want you guys to use any instruments. <laughs> they actually had even said that before I wrote that song. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they said that immediately. And that's why the third verse of that song, everything drops out. They said, we want Paul to sing with falsetto voice, something that's really kind of pure like that. And I was like, oh, that's going to be easy because he just did the, the, the Beach Boys movie. Um, and so that third verse, we dropped everything out yeah. so they could just get an initial taste of what it would seem like with an acapella. But at that point, we still didn't even realize we were looking at it as like acapella songs. And it was very much like these movements. And it took a long time to realize like, okay, how do we slowly evolve with the scene just using voices without just building a choir? You want a song with a band to be cohesive, you know, that's, and you want it to sort of make sense and you can be creative in ways to do that. Um, but, you know, that was, I guess, a traditional song structure. That's what it would be. And this was really like reverse engineering the whole idea of that and um, really broadening us uh, musically and, and stretching our arms to see kind of what we could do. What were some of those end rows that you guys were exploring when early on of trying to find kind of a foundation for the tone of this 
the first thing we did was ended up being a part of a lot of it, um, but it was the first, I guess it was the cave ballad. Um, and it was like 120 voices. I mean, it was so beautiful. <laughs> the cave ballad or the intro? Um, I think it was the cave ballad or, or one of those two. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, we were so proud of it. I was like sending it around to my mom. We're like, listen to this. Like, There's nothing but voices here. And they were like, that's so good, but it's got to be in his head. You know, it, it can't be this lush, huge thing. We'll get there, you know, and, and but pace yourself in sort of creating a little bit more of an uneasy feeling with, with the stuff and less uh, just like gorgeous, you know. With the idea that, you know, the score is kind of taking place in the side, in the head of Paul Dano's character, knowing that you're going to need to lean on on them to be part of it. How did that decision come about? Was that just kind of the the direction that the Daniels gave you because it was going to be so tied in with the story or? They always wanted it and we always thought it'd be cool but had no idea if it was actually going to happen. So we just kind of created all of this content that was done and it existed. And then we went out to LA to like, you know, get in the grind and like finish the last two weeks before Sundance and they were doing ADR lines and we basically like snuck into the studio with them and had these key moments where the voice is in front of everything and just kind of grab those phrases and we're able to weave them into what we had. Yeah, and I got to meet those two guys because I'm in the movie at the end. I play a camera dude for the news team. And I, they, they, they called me like four days before it was shooting. I was like, do you want to be in it? I was like, yes. <laughs> um, so I got to meet Paul and Daniel and they were just like, they had already familiar with the music already. They were like talking about how much they loved it and couldn't wait to like get in the studio and sing it. So immediately that was sort of um, diffused, you know, any sort of, I wonder what this is going to be like. But initially when we were doing it, I mean, you know, the dams were still finding funding for the movie. Paul and Daniel hadn't signed on, but it was like, yeah, they're going to come do this movie. And, you know, of course we're like, all right, sure they are. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. And I remember the first day we saw the, you know, the Daniels were sending us little clips and pictures from the set, and we were just like, this is crazy. <laughs> were there discussions of other casting, of other people that were going to be? Never. Never. It was always them. We volunteered. Yeah, I was like, we can take it over. Yeah. <laughs> but. It'd be a really <laughs> long music video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So what did you find in terms of collaborating with actors musically? It's obviously, like you said, Paul had just come off of the Beach Boys film. And uh, Daniel's done some theater stuff too. So it was, we knew they were able. And what I was most surprised about was just how willing they were to stretch and aim for stuff. You know, a lot of the stuff I'm singing in sections is really easy and like in everybody's range. Um, so Paul um, specifically too, because we were in the same room, just separated by glass, you know, after each take, it was like, tell me what to do. Yeah. Was I doing this the right thing? What did I do wrong? Um, and he dedicated himself to it, which is what everyone on the movie had to do, you know, in order for it to work. How do you guys work when it comes to your workflow? What, what gear is kind of your go-tos? How do you map out your songs? How do you build the structures? We did, um, for this, they kind of exist in different categories. There's a couple that are songs to where it's like, here's your verse, here's your chorus. And then there's some that are just emotional movements of like a swelling voice coming in. And then there's the other where we would do straight up arrangements, like we would send to a string part and then we would have to go back and 
create each of those strings or each of those instruments with a vocal. We usually started with a low bass tone that's in the key of the movie. Everything except for one or two songs is in the same key for the entire movie. Um, and we did that purposefully so we could keep playing with these, you know, the different melodies, whether it's the intro melody or the cave or the, the very initial one from um, the acoustic song. And just slowly start to stack stuff and, and feel where things were going and certain changes here or there. And by the time that we take out the low end, we had had, we had something that felt yeah. full, you know, that, that existed on its own. Um, and that, you know, there were three different ways we did it for the first part, just writing all the songs so that the guys had stuff to sing on set for, and then going home, working on that stuff, and then seeing the footage and putting in the time there, then phase three with the actors. So it was crazy. We were talking the other day, and I don't think that we could do this exact same thing again, because so much of it was just in the moment chipping away until something felt right and following that there's yeah. there's no formula for what we did right yeah, yeah. well what, what can you say you know being in, in the sense kind of first time composers for film obviously you have backgrounds working on your own music you understand how to create music but yet there's a different kind of canvas that you're painting for so what can you say about this process that really was surprising well we love movies a lot too so i, I think that was a big reason that daniel's wanted to work with us too because they knew we both shared this sort of love for for film um and i mean in general it felt it felt like we had to look at it daily instead of the broad spectrum because at least with a record you're making it's 10 songs 11 songs and then that's your album this was like if we would have thought okay this is gonna be 27 songs not to mention the other 20 that we made that didn't make the movie when we were trying stuff out so um it was just taking that process one step at a time for me that kind of helped um, balance and off way the uh, surreal thing of scoring a movie, yeah. you know? And I think it helped too. Um, both of us have done a lot of producing with other bands to where you're focusing on another piece of art and using what you do to kind of enhance it and make it better. So it was it was great creating music that wasn't the main piece right it was a compliment to a film so we kind of got to hide behind that right and it was also used you know a lot of times too it was used as a main point in the movie too so sort of taking the different approach for that and learning how to make some music that doesn't need to be to catch your attention it should actually just make you kind of feel something yeah well what was the evolution for montage because it's it wasn't until recently that i actually realized the lyrics <laughs> yeah, when I realized what the lyrics were, I, I just died. It was it was hilarious. The lyrics originally for that song, because we knew there was a bear scene at some point in the movie, so it was, now I'm fighting a bear. I have never had so much fun. Mixed up with danger, now I'm fighting a bear. I have never said something like that over just and over. Just a placeholder. Just a placeholder, yeah. And then I just came up with those lyrics like two or three days before we recorded them because that was literally what they were doing on the screen um, <laughs> to, the, to, a, to a T. And, uh, and then I think the, the lyric, the only thing that Daniels changed was all we ever needed was um, love or something like that. And they were like, are you saying all we ever needed was a montage? And I was like, no, but we have to now. <laughs> um, that, the other that song was they, they wanted something that was like, God, there's probably 30 different versions of that. It started and we addressed it like a song because that's what we do. Of like, here's our intro, here's this. 
And then it was just picking it apart over the course of a year. Yeah. And we got the first edit of the montage. So we had to kind of take our random, you know, song structure and place it over top of that and then create endings and dynamics with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was a science science experiment. It was for sure. Yeah. I mean obviously like Kanai Joe too is a Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> I got a call from the Daniels a FaceTime thing at like three in the morning, which would have been midnight LA time. And I got out of bed. I was like, what's going on? He's like, John Williams approved the soundtrack. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, yeah, we never thought we'd be able to get Jurassic Park. We knew Kanai Joe was public domain, so we could like experiment with that. Um, and I think for us, it was like hearing a lot of the crazy ideas that the Daniels had and trying to find the same way they did with farts in the movie, trying to find beauty in the absurdity of what's happening, you know? One of the things that you remind me of is going to like acapella shows as a kid and like just hearing beatboxers, mm-hmm. hearing like how they interpret it. When you guys were thinking about interpreting Jurassic Park, was this the only direction you went or did it kind of go different? <laughs> Luckily, we made Cotton Eye Joe. And that existed and the Daniels came down and we were here at the studio and Dan Kwan just kept being like, just try it, just try it. And we were like, we're not going to waste our time. We have a yeah, week with you here. Like, and finally he was like, just do it like Cotton Eye Joe, just like with those ideas. And we, because in their mind they had the scene going like that. It would go, you know, somehow it would all fit together with Cotton Eye Joe into love, love, into Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park and then boom into montage so they so, had for that yeah. idea so we made it and he was like just spend like 30 minutes on it it's like a mock-up it was fun to do so we spent five hours on it that night yeah and then it existed until that phone call and then we realized oh, we man. did it for a reason yeah <laughs> when you think of a lot of the sketches you said you had a lot of material that didn't make the film who decided placement when did you guys go through and spot what like what was that process like yeah, it was really detailed. Um, I mean, it was like Daniels at certain points would go, we need something to happen like right here, you know? And and it, that was a really cool part, working with the two screens for us and going like, oh, wow, if you nudge this, you know, two seconds, this is like yeah. the biggest difference in the world for the, the feeling. So a lot of stuff, they didn't know what they wanted in this in the area. And they would go, try something like this. And we go do it. And they go, that's awesome. And I think we'll end up using it later in yeah. the movie. But that's not really what we're looking for right here. And then there were moments, because it was just a big outline. And we would follow where they wanted stuff. They'd be like, you killed what we wanted. We wanted this like sad thing. And now that we watch it, it's too sad. So let's go happy with it. Exactly. Yes, you've, you've shown us that that doesn't need to be as sad. <laughs> so a lot of like hair pulling out <laughs> moments like that. Um, that all worked for the the greater good. It's just having to figure out what would work. And um, luckily the end of the movie too, sort of all plays pretty well. The real instruments come in, it's it, musically, it, it continues to sort of grow and grow and yeah. grow. Um, the other stuff, I mean, they were pretty, they had a pretty good idea where they wanted music to be. Yeah, what was your timeline? Like how much pre-production, production time? Or what was the whole project length? Spent like 16 months on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we started January 2015. And we did probably Cotton Eye Joe, Jurassic Park, the bear scene, yeah. montage, the intro. All these moments where Daniel and Paul were singing on camera. And then we kind of just like disappeared for a month or two. They started filming. 
And then just slowly, slowly, like the first edit of the film is an entirely different thing, but that was the first time they were like, okay, we need, we need you to make something for the first part of this film so that we can figure out how we want it to flow. So we just started giving them like mock-up tracks and then yeah. got through that. Just throwing it against the wall and seeing what sounded great where it was. And that was a cool part too, because the guys were singing stuff on camera, but then being able to go what would have been January 2016 with the actors, having them put stuff in the score we've been working on was really cool. It was like added the extra layer we needed. Nice. How do you guys describe, you know, going from your studio to the big screen of the translation? What is that like to hear your music in a totally different? Bizarre. Yeah. Because we're, you know, left and right speaker. And when they got the Dolby grant, we didn't know exactly what Dolby Atmos was. So all of a sudden we have these, we went in with 16 stems. So we were like bouncing down sections. And rather than being like, that belongs over there, you could put it anywhere in the room and it really changed the balance of it and the effect of each part. And the first day we walked into Dolby and the music played and we're in the theater where they mix all this like crazy shit and we're like, the music is so loud <laughs> and the sound effects are so loud and he's pulling off the pants and he's getting ready to ride him like a jet ski and you're hearing this like motor sound in the background. It was like, it was crazy. I stood there like this, just like... <laughs> And then and Robert and I would say to each other when we were at Dole, we were like, what are we doing here? <laughs> shouldn't have let us in the building, dude. I mean, that's the thing is I think a lot of people don't have, you know, a lot of times we're seeing our stuff, mobile devices or laptops or, you know, just very small screens. And anytime I've ever experienced projects that I've worked on on a small screen, take it to a big screen, it's just outer body. I, like, what was the sign off? What, what, when, when did you know that, like, you guys were good? We had to be. So, like, Sundance is on a Friday. Yeah. And we finish on a Monday. Um, and it had to be sent in, like, four days before the, the yeah. thing. So, you were in a big, a big sound stage. You spent three days at Dolby and then went to a really big sound stage. It just kept going like this. And we were like, we kept going to bigger places. It was crazy. Um, and you know, you go through the reels and everybody takes notes and you just sort of, you, you, you start to chip away and get everything placed right there. And it's awesome to be in the room for that process. Yeah. We didn't know until after Sundance though. Like my wife's hand was like bruised afterwards because right. I was just like, Oh no. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, it was crazy. I forgot I was in the movie at Sundance at the premiere until two minutes before my scene and got like all nervous all over again. <laughs> Did you guys have much interaction with uh, Brent Kaiser, the, uh, the, the mixer? Lots. Yeah. Yes, yes. Love him dearly. Uh, have you guys worked with him in the past? No. It was the first, first, but we immediately hit it off. Yeah. It was like uh, we, we formed a team very quickly. And he was great when we, because at a certain point, Andy and I were like, this is loud. This is all very, very loud. And we're in there for 12 hours and brought up a great point he's like it plays for an hour and a half and it's a rock show like right. it needs it needs to punch right so he was great for bridging our musical you know band type studio approach and holding our hands through the process right helping us figure out how to do it in that one and then that was great too because they just gave us you know they go all right dude it's music time we'd go stand up in front of this massive screen and listen and go like all right well this needs to be a little higher than this and they just they gave us control over it which was awesome 
because we were asking, can we get the deedly D's turned up over here? <laughs> the da da da's over there. That's awesome. Obviously, now that the film's been out and audiences have had a chance to see it, how has your perspective changed on the project? Have you been able to kind of get your heads around it's it? It's Tom and Robert, because we've been working on writing a new album for our band, which is our regular day job. Um, and I forgot the like, I'll forget it's coming out. Like just being immersed in other projects and you're like working on other things and we're deep into this sort of thing that we're working on. So it's a really wonderful surprise every now and then it's like, oh yeah, like that thing that we worked on for so long is finally here. We were up at a cabin um, writing the record last week and like came down, grabbed coffee and I was like, oh yeah, happy release happy day. Release. We had an album <laughs> What's your advice to other guys who are looking to go into composing, whether they have, you know, a pre-existing sound or band existence? I think if you've got a sense of, uh, like, almost sonic landscaping, you know, the, uh, creating things that aren't totally traditional, um, it, it's something that you can explore, you know. Um, but the way we got into doing it, there could be no possible advice other than start playing in a rock band when you're 15 and hopefully you meet some geniuses along the way and they ask you to do their movie. Yeah. Do, do you find that there's just the creative challenge or that there is that picture that you are kind of always referencing? At what point do you feel like you, you don't have as much creative control, that, that, that there's other kind of variables that are flying around? I think it's helpful at times for us with this movie, not having complete control over every single thing was really helpful. Having guys with a distinct vision, even if they didn't know particularly what that was, they knew what the mood was. Mm -hmm. And that was really artistically expansive for my brain to go, okay, so there is a way to find other cool things if it doesn't initially come from my brain. You know, it's, it's okay to hear feedback to kind of try and, and get it. And it all worked. It was like, it was truly a collaborative process. Yeah. Were there any songs that to you, when you see it with an audience, that there's things that you weren't thinking about that the audience is picking up on? For sure. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. Too. Yeah. Like the first time Paul sings Jurassic Park, everybody started dying laughing. Um, and then, I mean after you watch a movie so many times too and you're editing it and you're like, you know, you're just like, you're in it. So you're not thinking, Oh, this is a ridiculous premise. And the stuff that's happening on screen is like really legitimately crazy. You just look at this movie, you know, the farts are no longer farts. Yeah. It's just, you're just watching it. So all that stuff was really surprising. And I think just feeling the mood sort of rise during that montage scene, because that scene shows you so much of what this character can do. And, all of these different kind of functions. Um, it was an awesome feeling. Yeah. And unfortunately, we only saw it at Sundance. I'm seeing it Saturday yeah, with my of, parents, yeah, with of, my yeah. sister yeah. and my brother-in-law. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be exciting to see their take on it all. Yeah. You know, you're saying like now you're transitioning to do it, your band album. And that's that's something that you guys, you know how to do. You, at least you, you kind of know the trajectory. You know, if someone were to come back to you and say, hey, I have another film project, where does your head go? What do you think about? I think it's always about stretching yourself, too. I mean, for us, it's like this has heavily influenced the way we're looking at our next record because it's sort of changed the way that we look at music. Um, I think for us, we just go for stuff. If we're presented the opportunity to try something that's deeper and wider than what we've done before, it's like I, I totally get off on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, you know, working on a film, I, I wouldn't say this is like an, an indie film. Obviously, like it grew out of the Sundance Lab and, you know, there's a lot of great partners and people that were helped supporting it to make it happen. How much does knowing that 
the end result is going to be a theater. Does it get into when you does it, thinking about the audience? Does that really get into your guys' process at all? We didn't really have much time to reflect on that because all of it was some of it was created when we were still wondering if the actors were going to sign on. And then we just kind of got in this, the excitement and the nerves of it's going to be on a screen happened before it was as big of a screen that it is. Yeah. So luckily we were able to move past that. Yeah. While we were making it, yeah. now we're thinking about it. We were just looking at all the places it's showing around. It's like, man, it's crazy. You know, what is it like to have the soundtrack released? Awesome. I mean, it's just, it's a, um, total bucket list you just would hope one day that you'd be able you know i would love to continue to do this we've always wanted to do something like this and it was just so insane how it was happening and it required hard work which made it all feel really worth it in the end so it didn't feel like we got lucky you know we like had to really prove ourselves um but it's just a great feeling it's like an album but the, the next level you know? <laughs> we are composers yeah exactly you know that title now so for people who are interested in just keeping track of what you guys are up to i guess your website's a good place to go? Sure, yeah, themanchesterorchestra.com. We're on Facebook and all that stuff, too. Um, that will just be working for the rest of this year, and then next year we'll, we'll put out a new record. Oh, which label is that through? Loma Vista okay. Recordings. Are, are you guys going to go out and support it on tour? Yeah, for sure, yeah. We'll uh, we'll gear up and start doing that next year, probably a full world tour type thing. Uh, any talks of making uh, Swiss Army Man a live uh performance we have we have we've talked about it a lot i mean i think if things go well it's very possible possible we could get into a room we had cool ideas of getting together with the actors and going to a cool location and sort of recreating some of this stuff acapella yeah those um, dudes are busy a little busy what? we're a little busy you know <laughs> it's tough to get everybody in the same room <laughs> awesome well andy and robert thank you so much it's a lot of fun and after hearing the review from sundance i was i was just scratching my head so hard i was like i, I can't imagine what the daniels did and then when i found out what you guys were up to too i just was so excited to see the collaboration so congratulations thank you so thank much you so man much. we really appreciate it it's been a pleasure talking to you